Hello, welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. How's everybody doing out there? You're making it through. 2020 is almost over, guys. We can do Hang this. Hang in there. We can do this. Hang uh, in just there, another guys. month and some change, and we'll be done on to 2021. That's I right. don't typically like to categorize things like that. Like, this year sucks because it's 2020. Fuck 2020. But at the same time, 2020 does suck, man. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, it sucks. This is the one year where I kind of jumped on board with that it, whole mentality. Kinda, I, I hate when people like January. It's like twenty twenty. Watch, tw- something bad's gonna happen early in 2020, 2021 in January, and people are gonna already write off the year. Like, oh, well, the rest <laughs> of this year is gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But twenty twenty's been a shit show. I won't be doing that. I won't be doing that. But we're in November, and it's pretty safe to say twenty twenty's a shit show. So yeah, man, it's been uh, one bad thing after another. Uh, now Alex Trebek died. That oh. really bummed me out. I think that bummed me out more than just about any other celebrity dying um, in a while. Like, I almost cried. Right. I, don't, I, I knew it was coming because I knew he's been sick. I knew he had stage four cancer and stuff. But, you know, I, respect to him. He kept doing the show and never talked about it, really. Didn't make it about himself. He just kept doing the show and doing it great. Great job. I've been watching, like, really, they're still putting out new episodes, quote unquote. Like, I'm, I'm sure they were pre recorded, like, who knows how long ago. Right. But he was very sick during the record. But you can't tell. He's doing such a good job of Dude, just, you know, you know very not, classy like said, host. Making it about the show, as always, not about himself. That's right. Uh, That's throwing in jokes at the right time. He's the best he's the best game show host of all time. There's no arguing. Dude, is he the longest running game show host? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's Gotta been doing be Jeopardy there. since what, like the 80s, maybe? I don't know. Gotta be. Especially, Dude. definitely since the early 90s. I remember, I mean, I remember being a child walking into my grandparents' house. I mean, I'd say six, seven years old, and over dinner, they're watching Jeopardy. You know, yeah. they got, they got, oh, dude, little, I've been, they got their little I've been TV watching up it. in their kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I've pretty much watched every episode. I, I wow. rarely miss them. I, rec- I get them recorded, and then if I miss one on a, any given night, then I'll you know pr- rewatch it again. And I, I play the game where you track how many uh, answers you get right. Whoa! I had no idea you were that big of a Jeopardy buff, man. Yeah, well, I mean, you say buff or whatever, but it's not like I'm brilliant by any means. No, I, I mean I, like on you any just given like episode. A good, a, yeah, like a good a, like a good run for me on a, a, an episode is if I get if I get up to like close to twenty right, that's really good. But yeah. it really depends on the categories. When they do Shakespeare and all the fucking playwrights and all that stuff, I, I just get goosed on those categories. But then some categories, <laughs> I'll run the gamut. You know, any sports stuff or oh yeah, you know, get yeah, all of yeah. those. Oh okay, but, I got you. I got you. Man, I, my wife I'm is really good at Jeopardy. I'm wondering oh. what they're going to do now, as far as the host, who they're going to pick, because you know the show has to keep going. But there's so many good hosts out there right now, man. There's yeah, I mean they'll find somebody. I don't doubt it. It's just yeah. is it going to feel the same? You know, is it, how's it going to be? Well, you know, I felt that way a little bit with Family Feud, but once Steve Harvey took over, I was like, "Oh man, I never looked back." <laughs> but now that show's gotten ridiculous. I never <laughs> trying to watch back. it now. It's oh, all no, sexual no, no. innuendos and stuff, and he, you know, they they basically bait these these uh, like forty year old house moms into saying something risque, <laughs> and then he does that look where he like raises his eyebrow at the camera, <laughs> Listen, and pauses. Yeah. <laughs> all of the jokes are are softball tosses now. That's yeah, yeah that's for sure. But I mean, it makes yeah. it fun. It makes it interesting. Um, but I mean, when he took over, he's another guy that just—it's it, just hard to catch him off guard. He's a classy host, you know, Steve yeah. Harvey. I listen to his radio show in the mornings. Actually, that, I, I still use an old school like no, he's FM an American gym, dude. That guy. Yeah, and I wake up to his voice almost every morning, and he almost always has something positive to say. Serious, yeah. like almost every oh, morning. Dude. And this is in 2020, so he's a I'm guy like, that people should should idolize because he's such he's just nothing gets him down that guy grinds he's one of those dudes that was going to be a success in any walk of life because no of doubt. his grind mentality he's got like four or five different jobs just goes 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 so yep yep no excuses just just work harder just keep working and he does everything he does well too so you, you can tell he yep. doesn't he doesn't shortcut any aspects of his life that's a, yep. that's an inspiration to me as a creator for sure well, we're uh, we're verging on one star territory here. If we don't get oh, to the again? show, yeah. Uh, what else is new? So now, speaking of you know Jeopardy and Alex Trebek, our mm-hmm. episode this week is going to be all about Double Jeopardy. Oh, um, if you guys don't know about this little uh, thing in our Constitution, in the fifth, it's a part of the Fifth Amendment. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn about it today. It's more than just a film with uh, Ashley Judd in it. There's uh, that's right. It's, it has real consequences on the justice system, and and, and it's. I think it's a good thing. We'll get into it, but also it can backfire, and we have some examples of it backfiring. That's right. Um, 
of it going wrong. So yeah, we'll get into that. Let's hear your intro. All right, let's do it, man. So keep watching Jeopardy 24 hours a day and call this number. You dumb son of a bitch. You don't watch it 24 hours a day. Hey, it's Alex Trebek and we miss some classified, but we're talking about double Jeopardy. Fuck. No shit. Call now and play phone Jeopardy. Hey, Alex, stay on the line. I'm going for the daily double this time. Like it's she drank the poison that Captain Hook intended for Peter Pan. Tinkerbell! Tinkerbell! He had something high, but he couldn't be tried twice. Double jeopardy. Fuck him. All right. In our episode this week, as we mentioned, we're going to talk about double jeopardy. And uh, it is more than just a 1999 film starring Ashley Judd and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, you ever seen yeah. that one? You ever seen that flick? I have not. I have not, no. It's interesting. I, dude, um, I'm, basically not, Ashley... I'm not a good mo- movie guy. And even if I have, I don't remember movies well. I've told you that before. I'm just yeah. garbage with movies. Um, it's been so long since I saw it. I saw it when I was like a young teenager, um, probably not long after it came out. And um, I had to look up the plot line again to kind of refresh my memory. Basically Ashley Judd is married and her husband frames her, um, for murder. They go out on like a boat trip together. And then like she wakes up and he's gone and she's holding like a bloody knife or some shit. And then the police are there (laughs) and it's like, she gets convicted of murder, uh, of her husband on very little, like evidence other than, you know, well, I guess there's quite a bit of evidence that he, that he framed on her, but there was no witnesses. Anyways, right. it turns out he was still alive, and he, like, left her for the nanny or something, and then uh, she gets out, she gets pardoned out of prison on good behavior and whatnot, and she kills him and gets away with it because of Double ah, Jeopardy. because of Double Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so, wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, for We'll real, talk more about that. We have, we, we have <laughs> a fun fact about that, actually, that, that the whole plot of this is flawed in regards to the Double Jeopardy Clause in the Fifth Amendment. It's actually, she couldn't do what she did. We'll talk about that later. I have a fun fact at the end of the show for that. Right. But let's talk about Double Jeopardy, the actual law in the uh, Constitution. The Double Jeopardy Clause in the Fifth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution prohibits anyone from being prosecuted twice for substantially the same crime. The relevant part of the Fifth Amendment states, quote, no person shall be subject to the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb. So you can't be tried for the same crime twice. Um, now, right. you can be charged for murder twice, obviously, if they're different murders or if the you know situation yeah. is different. But the same, the exact they're different crime. different people. <laughs> yeah, you kill a person, you're, you're tried for it, and either you're convicted of it or you are, um, uh, you get released for it. You're not, you know, you're not found guilty by the jury. You cannot be tried right. for that same murder again. And most of the time, double jeopardy is not a problem. It's it's a good thing. I think it saves the court system's time. Oh man, yeah. Uh, it, you know what I'm saying? In the public, um, I mean, let's say you you're a suspect in a murder case. Um, you get if the double jeopardy clause didn't exist, they, the police and uh, detectives and the and the DA and everything could just keep trying you for it until they find a jury that's willing to convict you. They could just keep doing yep. it, running up tax dollars, ruining your life. Um, they get basically they right. get one chance. That's why it's so important for prosecutors and and, uh, and the DA and all that to get all everything together for a trial. That's why a lot of times it takes so long to get to trial because they've got to make sure they have all their, you know, T's crossed and their I's dotted so that because they get one real chance at convicting the person. That's right. So, that's right. Right. Let's go through some of our sources for this. We're, we have one example, and this is a disclaimer. This is a true crime podcast, as you know, so there's always going to be some dark stuff in it. But if, you have, if you're squeamish in regards to violence against children, you might want to jump out now because this first case we're going to talk about involves yeah. a two-year-old. Um, and it's crucial. We can't really leave these details out uh, no. in this one. Typically, no. you know, you can leave some stuff out where it's like, ah, eh, that doesn't really need to be said. But in this one, it's it's you need to yeah. understand the case. You need to know what what happened here. Exactly. So it, it's so, going to be said. Yeah, yeah. So if you can't handle the violence against children, understandable. Um, we'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Let's, let, <laughs> let's get into in. let's get into the sources for this week's uh, first 
uh, case here. Deseret, the Deseret uh, website dot com. It's for like Utah news. KSL, Utah's number one source for news, sports, weather, and classifieds, had an article right. on this first case. Uh, CNN had an article in 2006 on this case, and then I found this case actually from criminally listed uh, YouTube channel. Uh, the episode was quote three cases of people who were wrongly acquitted. Um, uh, check out dude. Criminally Listed's YouTube channel. It's fantastic uh, stuff on there. A lot of cases you've never heard of. Um, very good channel. Aside from the way he reads, man. Oh, yeah, his voice man. is very monotone, oh. man. But it's it kind of suits. I think a lot of people like that in regards to true crime. They a lot so a lot of really? people like it. A lot of people don't. I get it. But it, okay. it's a. I think he's trying to sound dark and ominous because I I've seen people comment that like his uh, ad reads his voice is like more upbeat and stuff. It's like you don't have to read like that, dude. <laughs> Oh, so. okay. I, I thought I thought it was not only dark and ominous, but also kind of apathetic sometimes. Yeah. The way he talks, I'm like, dude, do you even care about this case? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it just could, it's just the way that I'm interpreting. Obviously, he's trying to make a theatrical thing, and obviously, the channel is very successful. Yes. So a lot of people do like it, and I, I will I will contest that the longer you listen to the video, the more you normal get used it to becomes. It. You get yeah. very. If you can used make it through it. the first few minutes and get used to the voice, you get yes. used to it. Exactly, exactly. So So let's get into our first case here of Double Jeopardy. Um, This is the one involving the child, so just so you know. So in uh, the winter of 1991, Jennifer Watts was a 17-year-old woman. She had a two-year-old son named Paul Eugene. People called him PJ. Um, She had been separated from the boy's father and was living with a new boyfriend. The new boyfriend's name was uh, Michael Lane. He was 28 years old. Um, they were living together in a house in Salt Lake City, Utah. So, good Dude, old Salt I, Lake. Holy shit, she was 17. I just yeah. realized that. With a two-year-old. So she had she she had her child when she was 15. Well, I'm more concerned about her living with a 28-year-old, though. That's a big That's another right good there. point. Yeah, with a two-year-old That's... boy that obviously wasn't his. Right, right. That's a big gap there. Yeah, no doubt. Hmm. Yeah, so they're living in a house together in Salt Lake. They had moved together uh, in together a few months earlier around Christmas of 19, uh, 1990, um, and now it was winter, early 1991, February 10th, 1991. Jennifer went to church and left uh, Michael, her live-in boyfriend, at home to babysit young PJ, the two-year-old son. Um, when she got home around 1.30 that afternoon, she found PJ quietly lying in his crib and didn't want to disturb him. Uh, Michael Lane told her, told Jennifer that everything went fine babysitting young PJ and uh, didn't indicate that anything was wrong. However, several hours go by and she hasn't heard anything from her baby. Um, and so it's now 5.30 p.m., four hours after she got home. She finally goes in to check on PJ, just, you know, thinking it was odd that she hadn't heard from him all this time. She'd expected him to wake up crying and wanting to be fed or whatever. Um, so she went in there to wake him up, and this is where it gets tragic. He was not breathing, and he was cold to the touch. Um, he was clearly not alive anymore, and it seemed to have been a while that he hadn't been alive. Jennifer right. called an ambulance, but it was far too late to save PJ. The medical examiner determined that the boy had been dead for several hours and that the cause of death was blunt force trauma. An estimated seven separate blows to the head had caused the boy's untimely death. Oh, my so, I mean, it's it just seems obvious, right, that the, this boyfriend she's been with for a few months is left with the baby. Uh, I don't, I'm yeah. sure this seemed like it was probably the first time she had left him to to babysit young PJ, possibly. I, I would say so. I would say so. I, I would say this is the first time this man was left to babysit anybody because this well, he'd had two was... son. He had had two kids with a prior marriage, though. Oh, did he? Yeah, which plays into this when it comes to the trial. Well, it depends on how much he had to do with the child at a young age. Because, yeah. I mean, especially in the early 90s, or, well, this would be 80s that he had a ch- had children, if this mm-hmm. is 91. I mean, it was pretty custom for the mother to do almost all of the child care. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's pretty normal. And, mm-hmm. I mean, because if this man don't have the patience or the understanding to get a two-year-old to stop crying, then you really don't know what you're doing. I mean, it's not like an infant. An infant... It, it can be crying for no reason or, or something uncomfortable or colic or a million things. But with most two year olds, you can kind of ask them what's wrong and they'll, they'll be able yeah. to. With a two year old, it's, it's either usually like they need a change, they're hungry, 
He may have wanted his mommy. He may he may have been inconsolable in that he wanted his mom. You know. Well, no, that's that's true too. That's true too. But I mean, I feel like you give him a snack, man, and you're usually golden. Right. Just be nice to him. Just give him a banana, some yogurt, change his diaper, give him some food, put on the TV for him, whatever. Exactly. I I mean, a a two-year-old. That's what really baffles me about this case. It's not an infant. I, I mean. It's never acceptable to hurt a child. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I, you hear these cases of people hurting infants and losing their shit and going crazy because of yeah. lack of sleep and things like that. I I, I, underst- I I can understand it a little bit more. Definitely no excuse. Not a pass. You hurt I know, a child. I know, I know what you're saying. Shit. I've had, so, you know I had some moments when my son was, was first born and I was a new parent. You have to walk away. Went, and when my, mo- my wife was at work and it was just me and him and he would cry, like hysteric screaming crying, and I couldn't right. figure out how to stop. And then I, had, I would set him down and walk away. And I would, Walk away. I would throw That's... things at times and like out of just frustration because like, it was upsetting to me not just because I was mad that he wouldn't shut up. It was more like I, want, I-, I love this child and I w- don't want him to be sitting there upset for the next hour until my wife gets home. You know, I want to know how to stop it, but I don't know how to stop it. Right. Right, so, exactly. So, I mean, if you're if you're a parent and you haven't expressed that, or you you don't say you've done that or expressed that or had that feeling, you're lying, man. Because or yeah, you weren't tough. involved enough, or you weren't involved enough, mm-hmm. or you weren't around them enough. I mean, and mm-hmm. that's that's I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying. But yeah, with a two year old, and I think women are easy, are better at it too when they're when the babies are oh, young and getting them down. to. At, at not getting frustrated and at uh, getting them to settle down the baby because I think the. Men, a lot of times, they can feel our angst as well, and it might make the situation worse. It might make the kid want to cry even more. That's true. And it also, I mean, and also, it's just the, the not having practice with the child's yeah. with children either. And like I said, in the, in the 80s, 90s, I mean, and even now, a lot of times, fathers don't, don't have a big enough role, I don't think, as far as the infant care. And, mm-hmm. and and being held responsible and to taking care of an infant and what it takes and the patience that it takes. And it you know, if you, we normalize that a little bit more, maybe men will feel more comfortable being around babies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You won't have all that angst and that anger. You'll you'll realize that it takes a little more patience. But. Yeah, and we will come to find out that Michael Lane was under the influence of a of a methamphetamine. Methamphetamine. Now that didn't help. That didn't no, help. that would not help the situation at all. And you wonder if Jennifer, the mother, knew of this problem that he had. It's hard to believe she didn't, um, not to blame Especially, her, because yeah. obviously she had, you know, this was out of her control. I mean, she left him, the baby, with this man that she'd known for a few months that she lived with. You'd like to think that, and, and, and according to his track record, this is, this is all stuff that we'll get into. We'll talk about his character and whatnot mm-hmm. um, as we go along. But so she comes home. She finds, you know, after hours, the baby's still quiet. She calls the ambulance. The baby is uh, unfortunately beyond saving and had been, you know, apparently struck or something in the head up to seven times. Um, the, med- the medical examiner also said that it looked like the boy had been kicked at least once by someone wearing a shoe. Um, obviously, the immediate suspect was Michael Lane, who was the only person at home with the boy during the estimated time of death. Michael Lane denied vehemently that he had harmed the boy. He said that it was possible someone could have entered the home while PJ was sleeping and done this and then left as quietly as they, they had entered. Oh really? Yeah, and, and and obviously the police were not buying this. What what would someone have to gain from doing this? Someone yeah, sneaks the into the house, motive, kills the baby with blunt force trauma, puts it back in the crib, and then leaves. Yeah, what's the motive? Well, I mean, yeah. wh- who did this seventeen-year-old girl piss off that bad? You know right. what I mean? To kill mm-hmm. her two-year-old son? Come on, man. Yeah. So the police and the district attorney were not buying it, and they charged Michael Lane with second-degree murder. After a few months, um, Lane was put on trial. Uh, so they got their evidence together, and he was uh, put on trial. However, mm-hmm. surprisingly, during the trial, uh, Michael Lane's former wife, with whom he'd had two children with, testified on his behalf, um, saying that you know it was not in his character to do something like this. She didn't believe that he was capable of killing a two-year-old child. Uh, <clears throat> so that's what's bizarre is like this... It must be something with to do with the meth. That's, that's the only just, thing I can yep. think. I was going to let you finish, but yeah, absolutely, it has to do something with the meth. I mean, but if, how was that not brought up at the trial? How was that? How did that not play into the jury 
convicting him. You know, like I just uh, you have to think the prosecution brought that up. He had to. You would think he would have been tested for, you know, what he was on after being the only person around when a baby was killed. You would think he'd be yeah. tested for drugs. You know, especially or if you maybe, see his. If maybe you see he, his. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say maybe he used the meth in his favor. Like he was like, "Hey, I was high on meth. I was doing my own thing. I actually forgot the kid was in there, and I guess someone snuck in, and yeah, you know, killed the baby." I mean, I know it's not like it's not like heroin. I mean, you're not gonna fucking like pass out and shit, but right. Uh, but still, I mean, he could. Yeah, I was down the street te- stealing uh, bicycles and TVs, and uh, yeah, someone must have gone in while I was doing that. Yeah, he could have used the meth as his as his advantage. Seriously. Could have. It could have been his scapegoat. Maybe. That's or, why he don't remember things, or that's why he's not holding himself accountable. Being the only person in a home when a baby is killed and then saying you're on meth is more likely to hurt your case than to help it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no doubt. It no hurts doubt, your character I mean, as a person I mean, saying you're a meth addict, and then also like you're more likely to be uh, unpredictable and right. have a short fuse and temper, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. All those boxes are probably checked. I'm just saying, I feel like the meth shit came out early and because you're saying like why didn't wasn't this mentioned in trial? I think it was, but I'm yeah. I'm I'm thinking if I was a good defense attorney, I would try to flip it that way. One of the one of the articles we mentioned earlier in our sources has a picture of him uh upon his arrest. Yeah. Um, back in 1991 and he looks like a meth addict. I mean, to me like he he's like smiling happily at the at the camera in his uh uh, what do you call the the picture when you're arrested? His mugshot. Mug His yeah. mugshot. He looked. He looked. I think he had a mullet, and he looked like somebody that would do meth. To me, he had a badass so. mustache, though. Yeah, no doubt. He had a he had a Selleck stash. Tom Selleck stash, man. It was looking mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So. So <laughs> yeah, he's on trial, and his his ex wife, whom with whom he'd had two children with, uh, speaks to his character and says that she doesn't believe he was capable of it. However, mm, even more surpri- even more surprisingly, shockingly, Jennifer, the mother of PJ, took the stand and basically in his defense and said that she did not believe that Michael Lane was capable either. She said that she believed that Michael Lane was innocent of this crime and someone else must have killed her two-year-old boy. She's 17 even though, years old, man. She's infatuated with this dude. You know? Yeah, and gullible, apparently. Yes. Very gullible. Yes. I, Unbelievable. I agree. And also, she probably, just like the former wife, hadn't seen any evidence of yeah. of uh, violent behavior from him. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to think someone you, you don't have any... And, it, and it's a new relationship, too, right? So they're still kind of in that honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both still showing the best sides of each other. And it, Oh, my I, God, I this is your easy. baby. This is your two-year-old baby. You'd think that would take president over anything. Like I, I couldn't stay. I think it'd be hard to stay with the person, even if you knew he didn't do it. Just it'd be like, man, we're what so if? new in our relationship, and then this this horrendous thing has happened that changed my life forever. And it's just like I would need. I would almost need to start a new anyway, maybe. even if he didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, but. I understand what you're saying, but maybe as a 17 year old who felt overwhelmed by her circumstances anyway, maybe part of her felt relieved. She yeah. would never admit it. And I feel bad even saying it, but at 17 years old, you never know. Yeah. Maybe she thought she was going to start a new life uh, with Michael Lane, and you know they would have a happy family, yeah. and they would go on and grow to be happy. I don't know. So in court, the, the Utah Medical Examiner's Office testified that PJ received at least seven blows to the head and died as a result, but uh, Michael Lane nonetheless was acquitted in the third district court when the defense convinced a jury that the boy's injuries could not be pinpointed on Lane. I'd like jury... to know how they did that, man. Yeah, so the, ju- the jury had deliberated for four hours because one juror did not agree with the others but reluctantly changed their vote after much debate. And this is, man, something that's come up so much recently when we do this podcast. To me, when I study these cases, it sounds like this is pretty damn frequent and it's a problem in regards to our our justice system and the courts is it, it seems like so often there's one juror that is adamant about one side or the other. And they, and they're basically bullied into joining up with the rest because I, I forget which one, which one did we talk? Was it, um, uh, the football player in Texas though? I, I, wasn't yep. there a juror in that one where they were like, yes. I was vehemently, I, I fought out, I held out as long as I could because I believed Greg he was Kelly. innocent. Yep. Greg Kelly. 
Yeah, Greg Kelly. There was one, at least one. I think it was one juror that was like, "I, I know he's innocent," and he basically got bullied by the rest of the jurors to just go ahead and say he's guilty, so we can get on with this. We got to move on with our lives. We can't be just, you know, we need this trial to end. That's right. They're like, put a put a eighteen year old boy in prison because we want to get we want to go home. We're tired. We want to go home. It's basically the way it was described because they interviewed Mm -hmm. that guy in the documentary outcry. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that uh, that juror, you could tell scary. it's scary still to think on him. Yeah, that's not how it's supposed to work. You know, it's supposed no, it's to take not. as long as it takes to get it right because that person's then going off to prison. We know you're tired. We know you've been. You yeah. know, if you're not ready to be a juror, it's 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 a hell of a commitment. You know, like it it should be taken very seriously. It shouldn't be something sure. like, well, let's get this over with because I got my life to get back to. It, it it should take as long as it takes to get it right because, like like I said, that person's then going off to prison for the rest of their life if you convict them. Um, in Greg, Kelly, Greg Kelly's case, he, you know, luckily he got out of it, but we, we've seen before where people sit there and they rot away forever, something they didn't do because you were, you were tired and you were like, well, he probably did it. Let's just, you know, convict him. Yeah. Yep. So, so this person, uh, this juror that, you know, tried to hold out, but ended up giving in, um, after hearing the case against Michael Lane, uh, they returned the verdict of not guilty, but this person said, "quote I think he was guilty. I think he may have. Ma- I think I may have made a mistake." Uh, was the juror? They said that after the verdict was read. Um, the juror asked in 1991 to remain anonymous and said, "quote It's so awful. A little child was murdered. There wasn't any question of that. I feel really bad. The killer's gone unpunished." So he got away with it because, in large part to PJ's mother helping him get away with it, and then also uh, Michael Lane's ex-wife and the mother and of his children. That's why, I think that's why the jurors deliberated, right? Because they're like, well, if the mother doesn't blame him, how yeah, can we? No doubt. How can we? No doubt. I mean, the mother I think without the child, mother's testimony, he's, he's convicted 100%. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. But his, his ex-wife, or, or the mother of his other children, and then... And then Jennifer's testimony, man. Those two together, I could see that though. I could see sitting in court and think about it. I mean, yeah. you have no hindsight, right? You're sitting there and you're like, "Damn, both of these women just don't believe that he's even capable of it." Mm-hmm. And especially the mother. I mean, a mother would do anything for her child. Yeah. I mean, that's what most people think. Yeah, and I mean, so. it's there's there's the tiniest possible. There's it's not. You have to you have to convict without a reason without uh without a doubt of you know, a doubt in your mind that this person did it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a, there's a world where, you know, she had an ex that she had PJ with. Where was this person? What do we know about that person? What is it possible that that person snuck in and killed the baby to get out of child support or something along those lines? It's, and I mean, in in a, turn, there's it, a world where that's possible. I mean, yeah. And in turn, that would be a smart move because it would also frame the new boyfriend, yes, which, you're, yeah, which you're probably not it, fond of either. It's it's extremely extremely unlikely, but there's I mean it's it's it could possibly have done been done, I That's suppose. Right. So th- then the maybe that casts a shadow of doubt in the in, in the jurors that c- coupled with the the mother's you know basically testimony to his character and disbelief that he could have done it. I would love to see the defense's argument on this. I really would. Yeah, love to see the points they brought up. So, however they did it, they got him out. Michael Lane was a free man. And in fact, Jennifer stayed with Michael Lane. They lived together for the next four years. And during these four years is when she began to see it. She began to see the temper um, and the man that he could be, which was a very dangerous person. And she realized that she had made a massive, massive mistake in basically helping to get this man freed um, after killing her son. Um, so she said that she really realized it, um, in one event in which he had kicked their dog. She said, quote, he kicked the dog and the log, the dog's leg was broken. I mean, bad broken. And at that moment, when I saw that, I looked at him and I said, that's what happened. Wasn't it that day? You lost your temper. PJ was crying and you lost your temper, right? Mm. Um, he did not admit to it. He, he insisted that he was still innocent, Obviously, he and Jennifer following this split up, and for another decade, it seemed that there would never be justice for two-year-old PJ. Then, surprisingly, this is where this case, this is where it becomes double jeopardy. This uh, Something pretty insane happens. And we'll get to that right after these sponsors. There's nothing like that Friday feeling. Clocking out of work on Friday evening, knowing you're just going to get to do whatever you want, right? 
sit out on the front porch, take it all in, maybe pour you a glass of wine, right? Well, now you don't have to wait for that feeling to kick in once a week because with award-winning wine from First Leaf, any day can feel like Friday. First Leaf is a wine club that sends personalized selections of wine from top vineyards all around the world directly to you. Because the only thing better than one fantastic bottle of wine is a case of award-winning wine that shows up at your doorstep. Every bottle is hand-picked by experts with your exact preferences and palate in mind for a unique combination of wine that you're guaranteed to love. Unlike other wine clubs, First Leaf uses an algorithm and your feedback to curate future wine recommendations. You log onto their website, you make some selections of wines you like, wines you don't like, taste preferences, foods that you like, things like that. They send you your first box, and from there you rate those wines, you send them back, and your palate just continues to become more and more clear to First Leaf, and they can send you wines that better suit you. Subscriptions are flexible, and shipments arrive on your schedule with practically zero effort. First Leaf is a much more affordable way to enjoy wine from top winemakers and vineyards. You'll always get award-winning wine for an unbeatable low price. Maybe you consider yourself a wine novice. I do. But First Leaf held my hand and walked me through this whole process so I can find wine that I like without going to a grocery store and taking a gamble based on a label. So what are you waiting for? Get that Friday feeling like I do any day with First Leaf. Join today and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com creeper. That's six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com creeper. What's up, creepers? You know, it's never too early to start gift shopping for the holidays, especially because today you can save big on a gift they'll use every day. Raycon wireless earbuds. I use my Raycons literally every day, whether I'm working out, hiking, or at work, or at home. At home, uh, oftentimes I'll wear my Raycons while I study for this show. I can watch whatever creepy serial killer documentary I have to watch while my kids can watch whatever they watch on the TV. With seamless Bluetooth pairing and a comfortable noise-isolating fit, you can start listening right away and keep listening for hours. The audio quality is amazing, comparable to what you get from other premium brands, except Raycons start at half the price. So this holiday season, get them something they can use for calls or music, for work or play, at home or on the go, or say screw it and buy yourself some Raycons. Trust me, you'll use them every day. So here's your call to action. Go to buyraycon.com creeper today to unlock exclusive deals up to 20% off your Raycon order. But hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time and you don't want to miss it. That's buyraycon.com slash creeper to unlock up to 20% off your Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash creeper. This week's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Personally, I have battles with depression that leave me uninspired or unmotivated to create which is the one thing I feel like I'm on this earth to do. But luckily, we're not alone. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment, and you can start right here in the next 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, if you desire, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change the counselors if you need to or want to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, but financial aid is available for those who need it. BetterHelp is available all over the world. There's a broad range of expertise available, which you may not be able to find in your area. BetterHelp only uses licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and of course, anything you share is always confidential. What are you waiting for? BetterHelp is convenient, professional, affordable. Just check out the testimonials posted on their site every day on BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. 
and so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a True Crime Guys listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com creeper. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash creeper. Now back to the show. After 15 years, um, in 2006, Michael Lane walked into a Salt Lake City Police Department. He'd been living in Salina, Utah at this time, and he walked into the police department and finally told the truth about what happened that day in 1991. He admitted, confessed to killing PJ. Surprised to have a man walk in off the street and say that he had killed a two-year-old boy 15 years prior, the police sat down for a recorded interview with him, in which time Lane told police that while he was babysitting that day, he was high on meth, uh, meanwhile, two-year-old PJ wouldn't stop crying. And this is a, a quote from him on what happened that day. He said, quote, I had him on the floor and I pulled his diaper off. I picked him up. I was being rough and mean. He fell down I stopped and stopped crying for a minute. Then he started crying again. So I picked him up and threw him back down again. Probably did this a couple times. It was enough to kill him. Oh. Lane said that he only killed the boy to get him to stop crying. So he basically was changing the diaper. Mm young pj wouldn't stop crying and he basically slammed him on the floor it wasn't a pick up and drop thing it was he, he slammed, slammed him into him the, floor the floor repeatedly yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's definitely sugarcoating that if if you, there was ever yeah. a way to sugarcoat this uh killing a two-year-old he, he certainly yeah. tried but yeah uh so when pj stopped crying for the final time he put the boy back in his crib and waited for his mother to get home um, then he denied hitting or uh, he also denied hitting or kicking the boy. Cause remember the medical examiner said that there was, it l- appeared to be some sort of a shoe mark on the boy. Yeah. Um, so he drew a line there, whether he did or did not do that. It's kind of odd that he would admit to killing the boy, but not to kicking, but that's, it's, it's almost obviously more heinous to kick oh, no doubt. the boy, uh, you, you know? throw the boy on the floor and then you, if you kicked him, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a heartless. It's hard to understand, period, but it's even harder to understand the kicking part because uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I follow you. But you know, as we know, killers they draw lines. Like we've seen it, we've seen it with serial killers who seem to have no humanity in them. They'll they'll draw the line where they won't admit to killing children, things like right. that. Right. So they they draw lines on their humanity, apparently. So this could be one of those situations. I, I believe he did kick him. If the medical examiner said there was a shoe print, then there was a shoe. You know, he did. He did that. Yeah. If he went, if we've already seen him lie. Right. So. If he would go that far, and he kicked the dog too, man. Like he he seems he yeah. seems like a kicker. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> so when asked at why after all these years he felt the need to confess, he said that a bishop at his church urged him to come clean. Mm-hmm. Quote, the reason he confessed was clear to his was to clear his conscience and repent for his sins, said uh, Salt Lake City Police Detective Dwayne, Bur- Dwayne Baird. Amazingly, rather than being cuffed and put in jail as he was fully expecting, he went in there, confessed, expecting yeah. to be put in jail and locked away forever. Yeah, he came out with, um, with hands exposed. He's like, cuff me up, man. I'm ready mm-hmm. to go. Um, that's not what happened. Thanks to Double Jeopardy. This is where it can go wrong because when the police contacted uh, the... DA and basically said what they had they were told they were informed that he had already been tried and acquitted for this exact murder and that he was not able they were not going to bring up charges on something that he'd already been acquitted for and that he was basically a free man he walked out of that basically walked out of that uh, police department and they you know police told him we'll contact you if any charges are brought up yeah. and that was that they weren't brought up and he's a free man to this day um, when police contacted Jennifer Watts, the mother who now lives in California, about Lane's confession, quote, she became very clearly upset, the detective said. It's all, it's all real. Everything that I imagined is true, and everything that I've lived with all these years is true. It's hard to look back and realize that I de- defended the man that killed my son, Jennifer said. He stole part of me. I'll never get back. I'm a different person now, angry, and it's not fair. She told me through tears in an interview. Um, this is someone who wrote a, an article on her. There was a little left, a little life there, and it needs to mean something, and it needs to mean something to everybody. Watts said, "Nobody's been held accountable for it, and it's not right." And it, it's it's important to remember that she was seventeen. We keep bringing that yeah. up, but she was still almost a kid, you know. And I'm sure 
as she grew into a woman, she realized what she'd done and really regretted it. Oh, of course, man. Uh, it sounds like there's deep regret there. Of course. That, you know, her son never got justice. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of regret there on Lane's side, too. I mean, rightfully so. Um, I guess the only the only good thing that came of this, though, I got to thinking, is that, that this guy went public with this, you know, this confession, and there is news out there, yeah. and we're doing this episode. So people are going to know that he's a child killer, and he does have to live with that for the rest of his life, even yeah. though he's free. And he very well has to probably watch his back um, for mm-hmm. the rest of his life. Although I, I don't yeah. know what killing him would do. I, I don't necessarily think no. this man is a threat to society anymore. Um, well, he should not be around anyone's children ever again, and he should be true. taken with care when he's when you're around him, especially if he's still on drugs. Which I, it seems as though he's cleaned up and he's found God and whatnot. And you may be right that he's not a threat no longer, and he's learned from his mistakes and whatnot. But that doesn't mean that he shouldn't be in prison. He that, should be in prison. That doesn't right mean now. That, there's, there's no doubt. No, about yeah, it. it doesn't mean he shouldn't pay for him one way or another. He killed a two year old, and I'm and I'm sure there's a, a large population, especially in Utah, that believes that as well. That he he should yeah. pay for pay for what he did. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Jennifer says she's upset and embarrassed that she could not see what others thought was so obvious, and that that brings it into the case of young PJ. It's tragic. Um, it, it's it's good to at least. I'm glad he confessed to the police. It's unfortunate that he never got punished for yeah. it, um, but at least now we know for sure what happened, um, and there, there's some closure there. But, she, uh, yeah, she that's knew, that's man. one example of it's one example where double jeopardy can can go wrong, you know, where it can backfire and justice cannot be served. But it's as we mentioned, it's still an important clause in the in the in the Constitution, and we understand why it's there. It would do a lot more harm if it didn't exist than by existing. Oh, These yeah. cases are fairly fairly rare, you know, where things like this happen. But of course, there's always ways. This stuff can happen, and it, this one doesn't happen without the help of the mother. Uh, that's what I was about she to say. Screwed yeah. up. She screwed up by defending him. No, yeah, no doubt. And his ex. I mean, his ex-wife. She, she. We can't really say that she screwed up because she was just saying what she knew about him. Whereas yeah. before that, you know, he he probably was a great father. He had no signs of, of mm-hmm. violent behavior. So that may have been before he found meth. You know, meth probably was the main reason this happened. Uh, dude, that's yeah, that's not too much. If of a he's stretch. sober that day, I don't think he does that. Yeah, good call. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. And probably his addiction to meth probably got worse over those four years that he was with Jennifer. And, oh, and it sure. just started... After doing that, probably just coped with yeah. what he had done by doing yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just constantly clocking out, not having to be not having to be sober, not having to be in the moment. Not having to live with himself. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I doubt drug use uh, has subsided after, <laughs> after an event like that. So it definitely yeah. escalated. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about Double Jeopardy. There's another case here we can talk about. But I also wanted to bring up the fact that I, I believe O.J. Simpson, there's a there's a level of kind of cockiness he has in regards to, you know, the murders that he was implicated in and tried for uh-huh. and uh, and uh, basically acquitted of, you know, yeah. that to this day, I still feel like he kind of hints at the fact that he did it. He obviously wrote a book called If I Did It and If is in tiny lettering and then I did it is in giant lettering. Yeah. <laughs> um, I never read the book. I don't know what it's uh, what what it, it entails and what's all right, in there. But guess. it just seems as though he flaunts it, and he flaunts it knowing that he has double jeopardy on his side, that he can never be tried for those murders again. Right. Um, so that's that's one of those instances where it can be used. You know. Yep, it can, and and you know he has some of the best legal legal teams working for him as well. So. He he knew about this double jeopardy shit a long time ago, and he was like, Man, "Oh, no doubt, I can no actually doubt. make money off getting off of this case." So right, uh, and maybe one one day we'll we'll cover the O.J. Simpson case. Yeah, it's just so extensive that we need to like you know set aside a week or two to do it. It'd almost be like I'd have to be on vacation or something <laughs> to do that one. Yeah, to really have time to dive deep. Oh, for sure, that definitely gonna have to be a Patreon episode. It's gonna be like two three hours. Yeah, least. no doubt. So let's that we got one more, one more little quick hitter. This one's kind of an interesting, uh, a, a different type of example of double jeopardy and a loophole in the justice system here. In 2013, uh, in Dallas, we got this article from the DallasNews.com, and the headline of the article was "Dallas man arrested in murder char- murder case goes free because of double jeopardy." So the story here is a Dallas man whom police accused of killing his cancer-stricken girlfriend went free after prosecutors realized the law won't allow him to get charged for the murder. 
So char- it says charging Sharon, uh, Sharon Sylvester Brown, 61, would violate the double jeopardy standard because he pleaded guilty to misdemeanor assault against Sherry Whitaker before prosecutors knew she had died and before her death was ruled a homicide, spokesman for the Dallas County District's Attorney's Office said. So Whitaker, uh, who was 60, died April 17th, 2013. Her death was de- designated as unexplained pending an autopsy. Uh, Meanwhile, Brown uh, pleaded guilty to the misdemeanor charge of assault April 24th after he was offered a plea deal by a prosecutor who had not been uh, notified by Dallas police that Whitaker had died. Oh, no. So did Brown know that she was dead? Yeah, I'm sure he signed that plea deal real quick because I think he knew. You think he knew? Okay. And she had died. She had died as a result of him assaulting her. Um, She was, you know, in bad shape, cancer stricken. He hit her. She dies, but they, this information is not relayed to the prosecutor who gives them... You, you know how our justice system works anymore? The, I, th- I think it was the second season of Serial talked all about this, about how our justice system now in America is all about plea deals. That's all it is. There's not... Almost nothing goes to trial. It's not like TV shows where you know every case goes to a trial. Almost nothing goes to a trial anymore. It's the, it's the, prose- the prosecuting attorney and the defense attorney meeting and coming up with a solution as far as how much time needs to be served, what needs to be done, and they, they basically present the suspect with a, uh, a plea deal. And that's, this is how everything is now, just plea deals. Yeah. And so that they rushed a plea deal to this guy after he hit his wife, not knowing she had died. Uh, he signs it. Once he signs it, he's basically protected, and that's what he gets. And they find out that it was basically she died as a result of him hitting her, and it was murder. They can't charge him with it. He'd so already he got a misdemeanor for killing somebody, pretty much. A misdemeanor yeah, assault charge basically. is what it looks like on paper. But yep. he killed somebody. Holy yeah. shit. So it says, uh, quote, we had no idea that she was dead, said Debbie uh, Denman, a spokeswoman for the district attorney's office. Once he pled out, the law protects him. Sadly, he just got away with it. Dallas police acknowledged that the department should have notified the district attorney's office of Whitaker's death so that the misdemeanor case could, uh, could have been put on hold. But the death was not ruled a homicide until April 30th, and the case was unusual in that the jury or the injury Whitaker suffered during the attack normally would not have been fatal. The injury proved too much for someone in Whitaker's already weakened uh, medical condition. Authorities say, quote, I wish somebody would have picked up the phone and then we would have avoided this, said uh, police police uh, uh, Major Chef Kotner of the Crimes Against Persons Division. Quote, we're going to make sure that we do we do that in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, this dude just got away we're with gonna it. We're going to make sure we communicate about crimes in the future. So don't worry about this, guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll get all this sorted out. Uh, yeah, and I know I kept saying wife, but it was his girlfriend. Sorry. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, see, this is why I think, like, maybe he, even Brown didn't know she was dead because, I mean... It's possible. She died later. It's possible, but one. you, dude, you can't hit someone that's in that state. You know, that's like hitting an eighty-year-old person, someone who's already fighting, dying. Yeah. You know, they're very weak. You know, she was apparently riddled with cancer, as, as is mentioned. You don't hit a person like that. It's like, or like either hitting like the two-year-old, like with the case we just covered. Like, there's people who are vulnerable that you can't. I mean, assaulting anyone is not okay. Right, first of right. all, let's just make that clear. But like, there's levels. You know, it's just like you you're really taking a risk at killing someone who is in that no state. Doubt. No doubt. I mean. Who was small, you did it, frail, you know, sick. I mean, to me, you did it with the intent to hurt someone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Your intent changes based off of who you're striking. That, that's you right. Know? That's right. So. And this guy's intent was to definitely hurt her, um, if not kill her. Maybe he did mean to kill her, and then she didn't die, you know? Yeah. Uh, very possible. Very possible. But anytime you, uh, you assault someone, you're taking a risk at killing them, even if they are a healthy you know, even like a, a big, healthy-looking person, you strike them, they fall, they hit their head on the ground. Anything can happen. It's ha- it's happened many times where street fights. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone falls and hits their head on a curb. They, you know, then all of a sudden you're getting put up on either manslaughter or second-degree murder. Yep. It's just and, not and worth it, life's man. Over essentially. It's just not worth it. it. It's really not. There's there's a lot of ways <laughs> of avoiding shit like that. I mean, yep. Wow. Well, that's that's all we got for you this week. You want to talk about why our, uh, our armpits smell so delicious? Oh, yes, I do. I would love to. And that's because of Oh My Gaia. Oh My Gaia is an innovative, all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. 
Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Omegaia, they use only all-natural, paraben, and aluminum-free organic ingredients. And guys, there's definitely a scent that will fit your lifestyle or your style in general. You got vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, Egyptian musk, coconut, dreamsicle, uh, leather, lumberjack, honeysuckle, fireside, which is what I'm wearing today because I'm out of Egyptian musk, which is my favorite. Uh, but also, we... Yeah, that's a happy mistake, though, because Fireside is Fireside tremendous. is great. Yeah, it's not really a mistake. It's just, you know, I got to hit up I gotta hit up old Wendy over there at Oh My Guy and get me some more... Give me some more of that Egyptian musk. If you listen to this, Wendy, hit me up. Uh, of all the perks we get from this podcast, it might be the greatest one. We can just hit up Wendy and get as much deodorant <laughs> as we want. No doubt. Deodorant and incense, man. Uh, they, she helps yep. our household out very much so because I now I got I got two well I got a teenager and I got a preteen boy who's starting to smell as well so we're going through some oh my guy out here um, yeah but because you guys are true crime guys listeners we have our very own scent available to you well it's available to everybody but I think you guys would appreciate it the most but it's called true crime pine and you guys can get that scent or any of the scents that I've t- I've told you today and also. She's always adding new scents, guys. Always want to check the website at ohmygaia.com. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com or at shop underscore ohmygaia on Instagram. And you guys can use the word creeper. That's C-R-E-E-P-E-R for 15% off your order. Ohmygaia.com or at shop underscore ohmygaia on Instagram. All right. Yeah, buddy. Um, let's talk a little bit about why we didn't put an episode out for the freeloaders last week. That's because on our Patreon page, we did an exclusive episode just for patrons. Yep. If you want to hear that, you can go to patreon.com slash true crime guys, two bucks a month, gets you access to that episode. Plus all of our other premium episodes, a bunch of premium content, That's right? Gets you into a giveaway that we do every now and then, which we need, it's time to do a giveaway. Time to do a giveaway soon, for so sure. we need to Especially do that. Since we have that new merch store now. Absolutely. Give away some new merch to somebody. Somebody yeah. who's a patron link below description. Um, so we'll figure that out. Um, and yeah, uh, five bucks a month gets you the gold creep band sticker and access to just the banter, our other show where me and Michael just shoot the shit, man. We could have called it shooting the shit. (laughs) Yeah, we could have shooting the cult shit. Could have. The logo could have just been <laughs> iPhone emo- emojis, the squirt gun, and, a, and the poop emoji. Yeah, because you, yeah, you can't use an actual gun emoji anymore. When did they, ta- when did no. they take that off? It used to be a revolver, right? Yeah. Man, they took... They got, ne- they got needles and knives and everything yeah. else, but God forbid you put a can't gun on there. can't have a revolver on there. An emoji. It's just going to be too dangerous, yeah. right? Too dangerous for the public to have that gun emoji yeah. on there. <laughs> we don't want those smiley faces getting shot. Right. Uh, I don't know. But, um, I mean, I, I guess I kind of get it in a way. You don't want to promote, promote gun violence or whatnot, but... I mean, it's just an emoji. Uh, That's right. So, yeah. Uh, Patreon.com yeah, slash check that out, guys. All right. Check out Michael's other show as well. Yes. Strange and Unexplained, guys. True Crime Guys presents Strange and Unexplained anywhere you listen. Uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Stitcher, wherever. Guys, new episodes are released every Monday for Strange and Unexplained. And if you'd like to support us with that show as well, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast, and you get early releases of every episode on Thursdays. And you also get access to two other shows I do, one being Strange Shorts and also The Palate Cleanser. So lots of as long as my uh, As long as my synopsis was in your latest episode of, of uh, S&U, yeah. I would, might as well just start calling it our show instead of uh, you your show. You should call it our show. Was my, I mean, my synopsis was 15 minutes. Listen, y'all, <laughs> that one, Lord, that Lord's synopsis, it may be a short piece, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's 12, 15 minutes, which is absolutely fine. But it's a big part of the show, and I think it really helps with a recap. You know, it, it really. Yeah, it's a cool concept yes. because we don't we, we, we study separately. Yeah. I have no idea what he's – I don't get to hear the show. Right. Um, before I do my synopsis, so a lot. Sometimes we're right aligned. Other times, uh, you know, we we have different information all together. Yeah. I present something he hasn't heard, or so it, it's a cool concept yeah. that I haven't heard really done on another podcast. Yeah, I love doing it too because you know I don't listen to your synopsis until I'm already done, pretty much with my whole storyline, right? So I don't even I don't yeah. even listen to it. I don't even touch it. Even if you get it in before time, I just I do my I do my episode the way I want. I play your synopsis and then after the synopsis what I do is I break down Lauren's synopsis as well, you know. I talk about things that he mentioned that I didn't um, you know, and just kind of talk about differing opinions or like opinions. And it it, yeah. it gives you a really good I think it gives you a really good idea of each case that we do. You're going to go away not only knowing the main parts, 
but a lot of uh, hidden gem information about these cases as well. And if I can find audio, I'll play you audio, interrogations, 911 calls, anything that I can find out there. So That's right. Check it out if you haven't done so. Yeah, strange and unexplained. Strange and unexplained. All right, let's give some uh, props to some people who have gone and rated the show in the last couple weeks. Um, I want to say thank you to Kelsey Lewis, 1995 in the U.S., said, love the pod, five stars. Uh, Said we're top five true crime podcast for her. Then we got uh, Jan Zru in the U.S. Uh, Oh, this is, we already shouted this person. This is the one that was researching for Randall Woodfield. you get two. Uh, We got A. Freeman, eight in the U.S., five stars, so entertaining, totally enjoy listening. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Uh, We got W.W. Heldsberg in the U.S. said, awesome true crime with personality, five stars. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we got Kramer Fan 1. We did that one, too. What is going on here? Uh, did I get the dates mixed up? Maybe, because we got like we should have like six or seven new reviews, I think, for this week. Just keep on going. They might be mixed up. Hudson Dad, if you get a double uh, thanks, then good for you. <laughs> Hudson Dad in the U.S. said, great podcast, five stars. Thank you. We got M. Kiefer. Uh, in the U.S. said amazing five stars. Thank Very you. Nice. Uh, we got Macy Price in the U.S. said my new favorite five stars. Thank you. Uh, we got Canada's great in Canada. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. uh, five stars said awesome. You guys are great. I sit in my room and draw or do a puzzle while listening to your podcast, and they are interesting, well detailed, and hilarious. Thank you. I somehow feel like I'm having a really good conversation with some friends. That's what we're going for, guys. That is that is so. Thank you, up in Canada. Exactly that. Uh, and then Casey B. in the U.S. said, True Crime at its best, five stars. Uh, she enjoys the banter. Thank you. Um, LSD, LSD in the U.S. <laughs> said, One of my favorite five stars. Um, oh, and also gave a shout-out in their review to Oh My Gaia. I found out about Oh My Gaia, the best deodorant ever through us. Well, there so you go. There you go. We told y'all. We told y'all it's good mm-hmm. shit. And then we got Niche in Louisville, Kentucky in the U.S. Nice. Said, My fave, five stars. Um I also love oh also loves your songs each week. Keep it up. Right. right on. Thank you all. Yes. If you if you have time, if you have a minute to go rate and review, even if you just click five stars and throw some fire emojis in there, that works too. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Helps the show, helps us keep that uh keep that rating up. You know. Because every right. now and then we get some bullshit on on too much banter. Y'all know how it is. Too much banter. Uh-huh. These guys take forever to get to the show. Blah 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 blah. Oh man. You know, yep. you know, what are you gonna do? I, what are you gonna do? There's bigger problems in life there's than those one, bantering. There's too one much. review, in per- <laughs> right? I know. There's one review in particular I wanted to talk about. I don't even know who the name of it is, but whatever. We don't shout out bad reviews, anyways. But it said yeah. something along the lines of these guys take forever and they play stupid pop songs. Have and then it said <laughs> it said something like have have they not even heard another true crime true crime podcast and. Yeah, we have. That's why we're doing that's something why, different. Exactly. That's exactly what I was getting you at. You want us to just do the same like, shit everyone else is doing? Do? You want us to just do the same shit everybody else is doing? Then why even do a show? I just thought that was right. so silly, man. People are looking... Well, what it is, is they. It, some, a lot of times you find this. It, the first podcast you listen to, or or the first few, you start to get used to those formats. And it's kind of... Yeah, you shape what something should be around that first yes. one you hear, and then everything else is wrong. Right, and then it's hard to it's hard to accept these other formats and these other ways, but you just have to give shows time, and, uh, and you kind of yeah. get used to the way that they do it. That's the beauty of podcasting, man. It's a complete open form right. of creativity. That's right. If you don't like it, find another one. There's, There's freaking so thousands many. of them. So many. Yep. So, But I, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. I, I actually took it as a compliment. I'm like, thank you very much that, that we are not like any other two <laughs> It's for saying we're different yeah, than others. I, I, I absolutely, I love that. Thank you very much. Yeah, right on. All right, y'all, does that about do it? I think that's it. Any last words? Uh, check out our merch our merch store. You want to yes, plug that real quick? TrueCrimeGuys.threadless.com. Guys, check the links below the description. Everything in True Crime Guys world is linked down there, guys. Patreon, that's merch. Right website, social media, whatever you guys want to find. Even our old merch sites, Redbubble and Ken Custom, those old designs are still available, you know? You can still buy shit right. out there and they'll throw us Yeah, peanuts, we make like know? a quarter a shirt or something. Dude, Threadless is what's up. Someone bought a hoodie and we made like eight yeah. bucks. I was like, all right, hey. that's, that, that's a good cut that's there. Fair. That's That's nice. Yeah, I like that. That's absolutely fair instead of like 30 cents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we prefer you guys if you... If you uh, if you do want to buy merch, if you're a new listener, you want to buy merch, or you're looking to buy merch now, obviously buy buy off Threadless, please. Uh, we make a little, we make a much better cut, and the uh, 
the merch is, is a better quality, from what I can tell as well, and a little quicker turnaround. So that's a uh, true crime, guys. That's not what I heard. I heard the shit was threadless and it falls apart. Oh, come on. No, it's, it's threadless <laughs> because you can't even tell where the threads are. It's oh, so okay. smooth. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in and putting up with our shitty jokes. <laughs> See you next week. Keep creeping. Keep creeping, guys. True crime, guys. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was True Crime Garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the Creeper Army. We out here making murder, get murder, get murder. Get you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder charming.